on to our next interview on Let's Talk Nova podcast. My name is Ailish. I am the Nova coach. And I'm joined today with the lovely Kate Finnegan, who is also known as Outside the Pillbox on Instagram. Kate, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you for agreeing to be on the podcast. Not at all. It's great to be here. Great to be asked. So do you want to tell people, I suppose, a a little bit about yourself and where you're based and what you're doing? Yeah, so um, I'm on my third year now in Australia. I'm currently living in Sydney. I spent six months in Melbourne, but uh, Sydney was really where my heart was. So I'm just traveling and living the expat life here at the minute. And I suppose we could share with our listeners how we crossed paths to begin with. (laughs) Yeah. So we originally met in Thailand at a Titan fitness camp, which was unreal, wasn't it? Oh my God, it was so much fun. Like... The crack was just unreal and it was just like eat, breathe, sleep, training, eating healthy. And then we obviously had our, our few uh, few parties at the weekend. A little bit of partying. Yeah. Yeah, it was so much fun. I, and we haven't seen each other since then. That was like 2017. I know, it's mad. We've just kind of stayed in touch every now and then and yeah. caught up over Instagram and that. Yeah. Yeah, Instagram is the place where we stay in touch. <laughs> it is. It's great. I know. I remember we were going to go and meet together and do another fitness training this summer. But of course, the world had other plans. Yes. Yeah. Unfortunately, not this year. Maybe next year. Definitely. We'll definitely keep it on the list for sure. So, Kate, when you hear the meaning of Novaturient, that it, obviously it means to seek a powerful change, how does that relate to your life? Well, I think Novaturient as a word, it's it's like an unbelievable word. I think as expats, we're all no returns. We're all seeking powerful change in our lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're planning on starting afresh, um, there's no better way than relocating overseas, which I have done and I've loved every minute of it. So what was the catalyst or the motivation for you to desire that change? Oh, it's hard to know which one actually was the catalyst but I lived in London at the time I made the decision to make my way to Australia and explore life as an expat. Um, I'd fallen in love with an English guy and I was feeling the pressures to follow society's timeline and settle down. So the guy I was seeing he was six years older than me and he had his own business and he wanted to fast track everything but um, I had different plans. I wanted to explore the world and start a new adventure so we agreed to compromise um, and we set off on our travels. Um, we traveled through South Australia. Sorry, we traveled through Southeast Asia for, um, gosh, how long? Four months on the way to Sydney. And when we reached Bali, um, he told me that he didn't want to go any further. He'd had enough and he didn't want to be that far away from home. So I was devastated. So I had to make the decision, do I go on my own? Do I go home? So it all kind of stemmed from there. Wow. So that was like a really, a tough time on your way to Australia. Yeah. Well, I mean, there was no way I was going home. I'd worked so hard to save and I wanted to change my life for the better. Um, I'd spent the last year living the party lifestyle in London and I just really had my heart set on a new adventure. 
So you must have found it quite liberating to then carry on and to go about it your own way. Do you know what? It was a really hard decision. Um, I actually called one of my best friends, Mary, who had just been in Australia. And she said to me, do you know what, Kate? Australia's made for you. You have to go and try it. Mm-hmm. And she said to me, um, do you know, you're the only one that can make the decision. And she said, life begins at the end of your comfort zone. And I kind of took it from there and I was like, I have to do this. I have to go and see what it's like. I can always come home if I need to, do you know? Yeah. I love that life begins at the end of your comfort zone. That's so true. Yeah, which it does. <laughs> Look at you, girl. I'm so proud of you for just like doing that and like, I suppose, um, honoring yourself, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, it was probably the most amazing yet terrifying experience of my life. Yeah. So from fantastic new friends to feeling far from home, it was a bit of a roller coaster, but um, it was difficult and awesome all at the same time, I guess. So I suppose touching on that, like what were your feelings at the time when you, you made the decision and you were going to continue on? Like, what was it like when you were landing first in Australia for you? So it was actually my birthday, the day I flew to Cairns, or Cairns, as they say over here. Um, And I was terrified. I'd never, I wouldn't be the type of person to go and have lunch on my own even before this. So it was a big step for me to go and fly on my own to Australia. But um, it was kind of empowering because all the decisions were up to me. Yeah. Yeah. And like, so... For you, were there any, like, were there any moments of, like, the doubt you had as you were on the flight? I had plenty moments of self-doubt. Was I doing the right thing? Should I stay? Should I go? Um, The tears were rolling down my face as I sat looking out the window. But I knew that I had to do it for myself. I'd made the decision a long time ago before that. And I'd loved the three months traveling before then. Mm. So I, I kind of felt like I owed it to myself. Um, do you know what traveling alone brings its own emotions loneliness and fear but it's really amazing at the same time Uh, yeah and I can totally um, agree with that that like traveling alone of course it can be lonely sometimes but it also can be really rewarding and you can so rewarding yeah yeah and like the people you meet and just the things you learn about yourself you know it can be yeah pretty unreal so definitely yeah, for sure. And did you have any plan then? So once you landed in Australia, what was the plan? So I actually had no plan. Um, I landed in Cairns and I kind of thought to myself, I need to do something here. I can't just wing it. So I went to Peter Pan and I booked a trip to do the East Coast. Um, and I met some really amazing people along the way that uh, were traveling alone as well. So we kind of linked up and, you know, you never felt like you were on your own. There was always somebody new there and somebody in the same position. You just kind of have to have a little confidence and say hello. And then it's done from there. And I know Peter Pan well, because I traveled with Peter Pan uh, around Australia and um, quite the experience. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They kind of, they they organize everything for you, which is great. You don't have to worry about that side of it. You have a plan to follow. Well, that side of things was, yeah, it was very, very um, uh, convenient that way for sure. But the crack was unreal. Like, oh my God, like best three weeks ever. It was unbelievable. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, the bus journeys. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And like you said, the people you meet along the way for sure. 
So for you, um, so just remind me, you, you traveled along with Peter Pan and then did you stop in Sydney or Melbourne, was it? Yeah, so I traveled for a month during the East Coast and then I decided to go to Sydney um, first. And that's where I tried to set up at the start. <laughs> Didn't really happen all that quick, but um, you know, I kind of fell in with the wrong people at the start, um, went to festivals. I was so lucky. So I knew a girl from college and she took me under her wing and I actually ended up moving into her house with herself and five Irish nurses. So everything happened for the yeah. best that way. That's good. No, I'm so happy to hear that. And I suppose that touches on the people you meet abroad, they do become the family that you choose. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Definitely. I mean, you're not going to click with everyone, but those you do click with definitely become family. Yeah. So were there any moments of like realization or like any shock that you were going through when you were, I suppose, set, setting up to begin with? Um, just that having a plan isn't always needed. Yeah. For me, um, everything just fell into place and it all worked out well. I fell into a job. I didn't nurse at the start. Um, I fell into a traffic controlling job where I met other people. Um, and yeah, it was unbelievable. Yeah. It was quite the roller coaster. So at what point then did you go into the nursing? So I took a little break from it. Um, and then you always go back to what you know. I met, like I was living with the girls. They said, you know, it's great money. You need to give it a go. Mm -hmm. And I, I actually really enjoy it over here. It's quite different to home. Mm -hmm. And it, like, is it an improved, kind of a, is it an improved scenario in the healthcare system over there compared to home? So nurses don't have as much responsibility over here, which I guess can be a good thing and a bad thing. For me, um, I like nursing. I don't love it. So for me, it's, it's an easy life. <laughs> um, you get to try different things. I mean, you can work in mental health. You can work in trial centers. Whereas at home, you'd have to have a different qualification for each job, but they train you on the job over here, which is really great. Okay, interesting. That's cool. Um, and I heard as well, I know I had a friend who used to live in Melbourne and she was saying that the training for nurses is very different over there, that like in Ireland, you're kind of thrown in the deep end in your first year and you're on the wards. Whereas in Australia, I think it's like their third year, is it, that they put them into the wards? Yeah, so we have four years training and our last year is an internship for the whole year or the whole nine months, whereas over here they have three years and then they go straight out as graduates. Wow. So they don't really get the year's experience that we get. Mm. Okay. So it's very appealing for Irish nurses, definitely. Oh, very. Yeah. Okay. So I suppose, were there any tools that you used then to get, your, get yourself settled and to, I suppose, gain that self-assuredness of being there? So I really had no choice but to put myself out there and meet new people, um, coming over not knowing many. So I originally met people through Facebook groups, running clubs. I joined the local gym. Um, I would have been quite an introverted person um, at home. So I kind of feel like I had to make more of an effort, which benefited me in the end because 
you know, I exposed myself to new things, new people, new places. And I began a travel blog, which um, also helped me meet others, kind of like other like-minded people. Yeah. And yeah, like, tell us more about that. I love following your Instagram because the inspo is real. Like, Australia looks unbelievable from your travels. And it's definitely giving me some, um, some inspiration to go back there one day to see the rest of it. Oh, thank you. So it actually started just as something that I kind of used to send home to keep people updated. And then I just started publishing them on a blog. I wouldn't be very techie now, but um, yeah, and I I got good feedback. So I kept doing it. And now it's just kind of, I enjoy writing, I enjoy reading and I enjoy traveling. So why not? Yeah. So it's the perfect combo, really. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It is. It is. So with all those things that you, you mentioned that you, you found really helped you find your tribe. Um, was there like a moment where you thought, oh, okay, this is working for me? Um, for me, that was farm work. So farm work was life-changing for me. I was extremely lucky to get a job on a farm um, in Dubbo that was family run. So they basically took us in as their family. So for the second half of farm work, I was the only worker there and I lived on my own in the middle of nowhere, which was <laughs> terrifying at the start. Yeah. I was just scared that the, the boogeyman would get me. But before <laughs> this, um, <laughs> yeah, I know the things that go through your head. Oh. But before that, I would have suffered quite badly from social anxiety and fear of fitting in and not being liked and all of that. But it actually gave me an opportunity to get comfortable with myself I guess and I did a bit of soul searching and figured out what I actually wanted from life wow so I suppose it was in a way a bit like um living in solitude but it like kind of like a retreat maybe yeah a retreat in the middle of nowhere <laughs> yeah yeah with your own thought but it was I know. yeah <laughs> yeah I was actually really lucky because a lot of people have really bad experiences on their farms over here, especially people that go picking fruit, they get paid pittance, you know, they might not even get paid at all sometimes. Um, so I was really lucky. The family I was with were just fabulous. Yeah. And we've, we've all heard many stories like that. And um, it's kind of like you, you strike, you strike gold when you do get a family that obviously are willing to take you in and, and look, look after you as your own, which is, um, or as their own, which is amazing. Um, yeah. Would you have any tips for people who are listening? Um, those that are in Australia that might be embarking on applying for their farm work? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different Facebook groups, but you never really know who's behind the job. Mm-hmm. I think word of mouth is the best way to go. So like someone farm work someone coming off a farm work job and telling you they were legit or not. That's the best way to go. Yeah. 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 I think that. And do something, do something completely different that you've never done before. Use it as a bit of an experience to, to grow like I did, I guess. Yeah. Farm work does seem to be quite a defining time for people in Australia. I've definitely noticed that just through like people I follow on Instagram and people I know personally, it does seem to be quite a defining time for people. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I cried a lot at the start and it was normally down to breaking equipment or being terrified because I didn't know how to how to stop the tractor or, you know, silly things like that. But 
it just helps you overcome different things in life, I guess. And then, you know, you're communicating with different people. I was in the country, which I loved. So yeah, it suited me down to the ground in the end, but it took me a while to warm to it. Yeah, yeah, definitely um, building a lot of resilience there for sure. Yeah, definitely. And then I suppose, was there a moment when you decided to kind of commit to seeing Australia as your home? Has that come about? And is there, has there been a moment where you've accepted it that like you're, you're happy there? Gosh, my mum wouldn't like you. Wouldn't like to hear you say <laughs> home. Sorry, mum. Yes, um, <laughs> uh, again, on farm work, um, I had met a guy when I was in Sydney through a mutual friend, Connor, who I'm actually with now. And we stayed in touch during farm work. I came back to Sydney and we went on numerous dates. But I had actually made the decision to move to Melbourne before coming back. Um, so we just did the whole long distance relationship for about six months until I decided that Sydney was where my heart was and I moved back and we moved in together. So I guess meeting Connor kind of was a defining moment because we both wanted the lifestyle here and we both have similar ambitions and want to travel. So yeah, I guess meeting Connor probably was my commitment to Oz. Yeah. And it sounds like you kind of created your own home away from home. Yeah, no, we have definitely. I mean, as you said, your family, your friends are your family over here. And yeah, we really, we really do kind of live that lifestyle. We do family dinners and yeah. Yeah, no, that's, and I think that's when, for me anyway, that's a moment where you know you've cultivated a homely life, you know, that it's not like the, the rat race when you're actually having those experiences that um, are family orientated with your friends and obviously with your partner, then you kind of know, okay, it is a home away from home. Yeah. I mean, it does take time, but definitely. Yeah. yeah we're at that stage now where it does feel like home away from home. Oh, and I'm so happy to hear that for you. Um, how have you used this opportunity of moving away for growth in your life? Um, I think I'm a very different person than I was before I moved abroad, thanks to the challenges that I faced. Um, I mean, I'm continuously working on myself day in and day out, as corny as it sounds, looking inwards to find inner peace, or as they say, find yourself. Um, my confidence is growing, but it's definitely a constant journey. I feel like maybe I don't um, seek approval from others like I used to, which has kind of given me a bit more freedom in life yeah and like I suppose that would link to the kind of the people pleasing in us I think even as women sometimes we're like that you know where we're, we're under pressure to conform and if we kind of do our own thing sometimes that can be looked as oh but you're supposed to be doing this this and this and yeah, like you said, where you're, you're not seeking the approval and you're, you're going about things your own way. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Have you read the book Untamed by Glennon Doyle? I actually haven't, but one of my friends, Jen, just recommended it to me. Because it just came into my mind. It's incredible. Like, I would say it's like a Bible for women. Like, 
I'm now reading it a second time because there's a few of my friends at work that are reading it. So we're going to like read it together and talk about it after another week or two. And it is. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like I highly, highly recommend every woman to read this book. I listen to it on Audible because it's the author is narrating it. And I think it's just fantastic to hear her tell her own story. But like, it's just all about women taking taking their own power in their own hands and also realizing that you know you can create the path you want and you don't have to of course now you you can listen to other people when it's obviously helpful advice or constructive but there is a line to then where you actually are defying your own intuition and you're going against what you really want and it's about listening to your intuition and listening to to yourself and what you you want to achieve you know um i think you'd like it definitely read it and let me know what you think about it yeah i'll definitely give it a read so it's basically like not about following suit and following your own path really yeah that's exactly yeah and it's i would recommend people to listen to an audible but i know some people might like to read the book itself but i just like listening to her tell her story because it's a very biographical story um and I just find that very resonant when I hear the authors like saying it. But um, yeah, definitely check it out. It's definitely worth it for sure. Yeah, I'll give it a listen for sure. Yeah, I do. Um, so have you had any lessons learned while you've been living in Australia? Oh, so many lessons. I don't even know where to start. Um, I guess as scary as it is, you were the only one that makes your life happen. So you have to follow your dreams and do what makes you happy. Um, there's a big bad world out there to be seen, but I always think the more you see the world, the more you want to see. So <laughs> you're always wanting to travel. Um, I guess you can have a number of people in your life, but there's a very select few that become confidants. Um, I think I've learned this the hard way, confiding in people. Um, but there's a lot of good out there and you just have to trust. So, to, okay. So interesting you say that because something that comes to mind is, I wonder, do you relate to this when you are traveling abroad and you are, of course, you want to make friends and you want to fit in and you want to have your tribe. I think I can speak from my personal experience. I can't speak on behalf of all expats, but I can speak on my own um, experience that you often fast track the getting to know you stage or you fast track the earning of trust with people in order to get that connection really fast so that you can build friendships and social circles. And I think that is sometimes where we might fall into the trap of trusting the wrong people or being hurt. And I think I can definitely say that for myself that you're, you can feel under pressure to, to make friends really fast here because you have no one, you know, you're not, um, well, it depends if you come here on your, on your own or with friends, but like you're very much trying to fit in and find where you belong. And I think sometimes when you're away from your comfort zone, you can sometimes forget the way you usually do things. And you're just kind of like, okay, no, 
that person seems really cool and I'll, I'll chat to them and, oh, I seem like I can trust her. But then obviously down the line, things go very differently. Does that sound familiar for you, maybe? Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. I mean, I think you have to put yourself out there a little bit and be a bit accepting that everybody's different and everybody's in the same boat and everybody wants to make friends. But at the same time, you have to be true to yourself. Not everybody is going to be your cup of tea and that's so fine. You just have to find like-minded people and go from there, which is hard to do sometimes. But I think when you accept that the person that you are, it becomes a lot easier and you nearly attract the people without even knowing it. 100%, yes. When you are, I suppose, when you're comfortable in your own skin and you're doing your own thing, exactly, you will attract the right people for sure. And with that said, I'm curious, did you join any like... um Irish GA groups over there? So I didn't join the GAA because I can't kick a ball, but I have joined <laughs> gyms. <laughs> um, I've joined debating groups, which didn't last too long because I have the biggest fear of public speaking. But once COVID is over, I'm going to push myself to go and do that. Yeah. Um, but I have joined loads of things, but GAA is not, not for me. <laughs> but I know a lot of people that have found it great. And, mm. you know, they have a lot of social events. And I would go to some of the social events, even though I don't play. Um, but yeah, a lot of people do find it really good over here. Yeah, because I suppose um, I would definitely totally relate to that. Like I, I was part of the GA scene here for a number of years. And then I just kind of found that I didn't have the time to commit to it because I then obviously found coaching and that took up a lot of my time. But obviously... A lot has to be said for the community here. The Irish community is so tight and it's, um, it's amazing to, to have here, you know, and for people especially to start off on a footing where they do want to meet people from home, you know? Yeah, I mean, the Irish community is so tight here as well. Mm. I feel like everybody rallies around to back each other nearly. Um, do you know, if somebody has a new business, people go and support them or... There's a girl here, um, you've probably heard of her, a county down under. She's doing great things here in Sydney, trying yes, to just get communities together. Sorry. Yeah, she's trying to get communities together. She's organized sunrise socials, um, brunches, just different things. Do you know, because it is hard to meet new people. And I suppose it takes the, the fear out of it if it's organized for you. Yeah, she, I can see she's doing amazing things. And it's a credit to her, you know, that she's just um, pioneering the way for other people, especially Irish people. It's great to see that happening. Yeah, exactly. She's doing great. Yeah, yeah. Um, and are there any other lessons you've learned along the way? Um, I've learned a lot about accommodation, um, just about who you live with. Um, I guess just it, it all comes down to being comfortable in your own skin and being able to speak up. Right now, Connor and I live in our own place, which is lovely, but I have lived with numerous people along the way and you make really, really tight knit friends from it. And don't be afraid to to move into a house where you know nobody. I, I know a lot of girls that come over in groups and they're like, oh, we can't go and move into a house. We, like with other people, we have to move into a house together, but divide and conquer, meet more people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that approach, divide and conquer. 
Um, okay, so will we go into our quick fire round of questions, Kate? Yes. Okay, so the first one is, what is the first thing you notice about a person? That would have to be teeth. I'm obsessed with teeth and eyebrows. Don't ask me why. I remember we had this conversation in Titan Fitness one day. Yeah. Um, I remember you were saying how you you took obviously great care of your own teeth, but you were thinking, were you thinking of going to dentistry? I can't remember that. I was, yes, but then I started traveling and never pursued it in the end. Yeah, you caught the travel bug. I did. Yeah. Um, okay, so question two, have there been any habits that you have used to improve your life? Yes, um, a good few, which I've only started in the last year maybe, but they have definitely changed my life and improve it. I'm definitely a creature of habit. I thrive off routine. So I would normally start my day with um, positive affirmations. Then I would do my gratitudes and my journaling. And then I guess exercise, time out. I listen to podcasts quite a lot um, and then reading books. So have you they any would definitely improve? And have you any recommendations of good reads or good listens on podcasts? So I love the Brian Keane podcast. I find him very motivating and inspiring. He's in Cork, isn't he? At home. I think he's in no, He Galway. is, yes. Is it Galway? He's from Galway, but in Cork, is it? I'm not sure which way it is. He's from Galway anyway, yeah. I'm not yeah. sure where he is in the world now, but um he's in Ireland anyway but yeah he has kind of something that caters for everybody so he has a GAA podcast he has a business a business podcast and then he has the health well-being and mindset which is what I listen to most of all yeah yeah he's he's a great one to listen to um and are there any good reads you recommend um I am just reading Awaken the Giant Within by Tony Robbins at the minute that's oh, a great one yeah I actually haven't finished it. It's my second time to try and read it. It's not that accessible, the English, but I think, I think maybe I need to listen to it. It's a long read, definitely. Mm. Yeah, it took me a long time to read it. It's, um, I can definitely relate. Like the, the jargon is definitely one to get your mind around. <laughs> yeah, I've heard it's great though once, once you actually get into it and finish it. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely a lot I could take from it anyway. <laughs> Let me know how you get on, definitely. Yeah. So what's on your bucket list now for the, the, the next few months or years ahead of you? Um, well, we're just traveling as much of New South Wales as we can at the minute. We're actually heading to Jervis Bay for a week's holiday. Now in two weeks, um, we're heading to Byron Bay then for Christmas with the group. So I can't wait for that. But South Australia would be somewhere I'd love to explore. I haven't done any of there. Or um, Fiji and Hawaii. Can't wait to oh, see there. Wow. I've heard great things about Fiji. Yeah, it's supposed to be amazing. And the people I've heard are so friendly. Yeah, I actually interviewed um, another person, Kieran McMahon, and he had mentioned Fiji was on the top of his list of places he had visited. He said it was just incredible. He really recommended it. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, yeah, I hope it goes well for you. I, I'll be definitely glued to your Instagram then, for sure. <laughs> 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 What are you most grateful for in your life right now, Kate? I'm very grateful for the opportunity to live as an expat over here in Australia. Mm. Um, 
I think the friends I've met along the way, they've definitely helped shape the person I am today. As we said, your friends become your family over here. Um, I'm very, very grateful for all the plans I had before I left home, for none of them working out and things just falling into place over here in Australia. Yeah, and I suppose like what's for you won't pass you. You know, what's... Yeah. Yeah, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be for sure. Um, yeah. We kind of touched on this with the habits, but is there anything you've found that you have any content you've consumed that you think has influenced a positive change in your life? So I know we touched on the books and podcasts, but is there anything else you want to mention? Um, during COVID, I think Instagram has been a particularly positive place for me to go. Um, I've actually met a, a lot of great people through there. Girls from Melbourne, um, girls living in Thailand. I think, I, yeah, I think it's been really great. So how I, think, I think it's good because... Sorry, cutting over you there. Sorry, Kate. No, I, just, I was just curious. How did that come about? Uh, so just trying to find like-minded people, I think, through my blog and then through um, different groups and just, like, having a scroll, I guess, because I, I guess we can interpret and the content we consume. So I've... I've done a clear out and I only really follow people that I find inspiring or that would align with my beliefs. So it's kind of just grown from there. Yeah. And I suppose it's so important that we do that clear out of our social media every few months to make sure that we are, you know, having those, um, those positive influences on our life. Cause sometimes we forget about what we're following on social media. I think, yeah, definitely. And you can go down a rabbit hole and be there for 20 minutes and not even known what you've been looking at. <laughs> so true. Oh, I've had many a rabbit hole. Oh my God. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay. So Kate, to end on our last question, what is your favorite song? My favorite song? That would have to be Send Me On My Way um, by Rascal Flatts. I like their it's, it's just an upbeat song and I, you always feel like you're on a road trip when you hear it. Oh, I'll have to give that one a listen. And are they, yeah. where are they from? Is that a band? Yeah. To be honest, I haven't a clue. I just like their version of it. I don't even know if it's, <laughs> if it's theirs. Okay, I'll have to give it a listen. All right, definitely. Okay, Ooh. so do you want to tell our listeners where they can find you on social media, Kate? Yes, yeah, so you can find me under Outside the Pillbox on Instagram or my blog is outsidethepillboxblog.com. Amazing. And I'm so excited to see uh, the next travels that you're going on. And I'm definitely going to be on the lookout for Fiji for sure. Yeah, maybe we could meet in Fiji one day. Oh my God, that'd be a great plan. I'd love that. <laughs> <laughs> any fitness camps there i wonder oh yeah yeah we'll have to get looking i don't know now would that be the place but we can definitely try it out <laughs> <laughs> can't wait oh, I love it, I love it. well kate it's been a pleasure to have you on my podcast and thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be here thank you very much for inviting me on thank you and take care